You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. I want to welcome you to church today. I want to welcome all of those joining us live stream. We are thrilled to have you sitting under the Word today. You know, in the very beginning, God created a perfect world. That was God's plan. God created a perfect world. Then he gave mankind a choice, and we're all very aware we chose bad. Now, as a result of that, we live our lives in an imperfect world. We refer to it as a fallen world. But we live in an imperfect world where bad things happen. Now, it wasn't God's plan. God didn't do this to you. God's not out to get you. This wasn't God's plan. But here's the good news. The good news is God did not leave us placing our lives under control of whatever happens to us living in a perfect world. Living in an imperfect world, your life is not controlled by the imperfect things that happen around you. The truth is, the fact is, we all, every single one of us in here, will experience injury, disappointments, hurts. We'll all have had imperfect school teachers, imperfect bosses. Well, except the people who work here. Other than that, you will have imperfect bosses. See, we're all going to experience great loss in our life. We will all experience the death of a loved one. We will all experience the death of family members. And we're all personally going to experience death. Now, I don't know why that catches us so unprepared and so off guard and like God did something to us. We live in an imperfect and in a fallen world. And we all experience great loss. But in this, God created us, you and I, in a way that you have a choice about the life that you live being lived in an imperfect world. All of us are going to experience hurt. We'll all experience pain. We'll all experience suffering. But you and I have a choice about having a great life or a bad life. This comes from what God created in each of us that we call our attitude. Newsflash, late breaking news, news alert, don't turn the channel. I've got an announcement. You can control your attitude. Really? You can control your attitude. We're in a crisis right now in America, largely because many have turned the steering wheel of their life completely over to their out-of-control attitudes and emotions that produce those attitudes. Somehow, many today have decided that they personally have no control over their own attitude. They don't have any control over that. And this couldn't be further from the truth. 
It's completely wrong. You decide, you set, you have control of your emotions that produce your attitudes. I will think about this, I will not think about that. When the Bible tells you to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, that means you have the ability to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, if you didn't have that ability, I just couldn't help myself. Well, that's not the way the Bible sees it. God said, take every thought captive. And you're thinking on the wrong thoughts right now. If you will take your thoughts captive, you can have a happy attitude in the midst of imperfect situations and people and the world. The title of today's message is an attitudes. Now, I was gifted at birth being able to talk. Caused me a lot of trouble in school, caused me trouble my whole life. Here's the deal. I'm gifted to stand up here and talk. The problem is I'm not gifted to live what I talk about. My attitude is probably the most difficult thing for me in my whole life. My wife, her ministry <laughs> is pointing out my current attitude, which stinks right now. I mean, you know, you may need to have those kind of people in your life. You got a sorry attitude. <laughs> Uh, it's essential. Our theme this year is essential. And it is essential that we talk about this because a great attitude equals a great life. I want you to think about this. When you have a child, when you bring a baby into this world, you give birth to a child into an imperfect world. Do you realize that? You give birth to a child in an imperfect world. Parenting is all, it's not about just providing some food and some shelter. Parenting is all about teaching this child how to be happy and blessed and fulfill the call of God that's on their life in the midst of wrongs, injustices, hurts, disappointments, imperfect teachers, Boyfriend breakups, honey, I know at 13, your life's not worth living. Your boyfriend broke up with you. Here's what you're going to find out. Boys are a dime a dozen. I mean, they just come and go. We're going to go through hurts and pains and disappointments. We're going to go through death of loved ones. You ask, well, is it? Gosh. Is it worth bringing a child into this world? Is it worth being born? Well, absolutely it is. Why? Because you can choose your attitude in the midst of this world we live in. You can choose the attitude in the midst of an imperfect situation that you're in. Parenting is all about teaching children to choose that. Your life is not under the control of what is happening around you. And you don't depend on happiness for perfect situations happening around you. I don't know, I, I guess it may be Terry and I's favorite thing to do is we go out to eat for the amusement of watching other couples in an expensive restaurant fight. Now your 
get this one going on over here. Look at she sold up like a poison pup, I'm telling you. Look at her. I mean, look at him. You talking about eating persimmons. He's got some green ones. Got a beautiful, expensive steak, and boy, he's pouting over there. Uh, oh, uh, here's what's happened to us several times. We've gone to these, what they call an all-inclusive resort on the beach. Now, all-inclusive means you pay up front, and you go into this, into this compound, and we got five or six swimming pools, we've got massage, we've got seven or eight restaurants, and you go into a restaurant, a high-dollar restaurant, and there's no prices on the menu. See, all-inclusive means you paid for this on the front end. You see those swimming pools? I'm telling you, you get in them, and you swim up to the bar stool, and you sit in the water, and they wait on you, and you eat your meal sitting... Uh, now, we're at an $800 million resort watching this couple over here have a knockdown drag out. Mad, throwing towels, kicking over beach chairs. I'm t it's just hysterical to watch it. It, it. Here's my point is, it don't matter where you are. Where you are, it don't make happiness for you. Because I've been in an $800 million resort and see people fighting and mad and cussing and kicking. And I've seen a guy in a pair of overalls on a creek bank with a straw in his mouth and a cane pole, happy as he can be. It's not your situation. It's not this multi-million dollar mansion and all these cars that is going to make you happy. It's you choosing a right attitude wherever you are and whatever you're going through, you choose the right attitude. Romans 12 tells us don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. This isn't a physical conforming to this world, but it is a mental molding by your circumstances that mold you. Don't let this world mold you into that. Don't let this hurt right now mold you. Don't let this loss mold you. Don't let this devastation mold you. Don't let this imperfect teacher mold you. Don't let this imperfect boss mold you. You choose a good day. See, you choose a good day in the midst. Don't be conformed to this world around you. Boy, if you miss Wednesday night, Paul ministered Wednesday night on Jesus in you. And he is what comes out and controls your world. So are you letting Jesus in you control your attitude? Or are you letting your imperfect boss or teacher or neighbor or situation control your attitude? Who's in control of your attitude right now? Well, my neighbor, I tell you, and he came across my line and he won't get his stuff off. Of and so your neighbor in this bad situation has got your attitude jerked up. And everybody's got neighbors. Everybody's got kin folks. There's nobody in the world makes you matter than your kin folks. Come on, we got imperfect situations that we're all dealing with. That's why 1 Corinthians 2 says, have the mind of Christ. Now, if it wasn't your choice to have the mind of Christ, the Bible wouldn't tell us. You have the mind of Christ. Romans 8, the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind controlled by your neighbor or your kinfolks or the mind controlled by your boss or the mind controlled by your co-worker, that ain't life and peace. The mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. Colossians 3, set your mind on the things above. 
When we let our situation be in us, and this is what Paul was teaching us this last Wednesday night, when you let your situation be in you, you're in trouble. Because we live in an imperfect world. And if it wasn't this hurting you, it would be that hurting you. Well, Tim, you don't know what I'm going through right now. Well, it's good you know, because if you didn't know something else, well, you would be coming down your road, dude. Are you hearing me? If you're not going through this imperfect situation, you will be going through another imperfect situation. If you're not dealing with this crisis, you're going to be dealing with that crisis. If you're not handling this issue, you're going to be handling another issue because we're living our life in an imperfect world. The point of that is have the mind of Christ and choose a good attitude. Parents, 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 do not teach by example your children how to have a bad attitude. Parents, come on. Your job as a parent is to demonstrate for your child how to have a good attitude in the midst of an imperfect world. I don't let what happened today control my attitude. I'm not going to let your school teacher control my attitude. I'm not. See, in the midst of an imperfect world, I want my little son, my daughter, to see me walking in the right attitude so that when they grow up, and live their life in an imperfect, fallen world, they'll be able to choose a right attitude. Daily, let your choice be a biblical attitude about life, regardless of what just happened. Regardless of what just happened, you choose a biblical attitude. Seeing where our world is right now, it won't work very long. This won't work. Something imperfect at school happens and people quit. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now where are you going? And by the way, when you find a perfect school and a perfect teacher, for sure call me. Oh, well, hold on. When you leave this job and you find a perfect job, perfect co-workers, a perfect boss, for sure call me. Okay, you're getting mad and you're going to leave this place when you find the perfect church with perfect people in the church and a perfect... When you find that, call me and I am coming. Let me just tell you something, by the way. I am not here to make you happy. I'm here to get you to the one who can make you happy. And you got to stop looking for somebody to make you happy. Seeing what I see in the Bible about attitudes, the more I got into this, and the more my wife has discussed my attitude with me, th this can't be talked about in one time. Welcome to part one on attitudes. Wives, make sure you bring your husbands next week. He's going to really need to hear part two. I want to say this over and over and over again. You have complete control over your attitude. And to have the life that God has for you, it won't come through people, places, money, new cars. It will only come by you choosing a biblical attitude. That's the only way it's going to come. And you can continue to try to make yourself this and do this and buy that and go here and have that until you wake up this morning and you say, 
I'm choosing a biblical attitude today. Here's my attitude. Until you make a right choice for your attitude, you're not ever going to be happy. My goodness, this era of history we're in has totally given their life over to the whim of the moment or whatever attitude that is produced by an imperfect world. My goodness, someone is offended, so the entire nation has to change how we do this because you got a bad attitude? I've never seen, I, I mean, I, I, we're letting our feelings control the decisions of a whole nation. This is, we're going to have to get our feelings back under control here in this country. I hate it that you were offended at the ball game because it opened in prayer and we played the national anthem. You're going to have to get over it because the other 92,000 of us in that stadium wanted to do that. See, here's the deal. Hold on. See, 92,000 of us in there wanted to honor the one who gave us life and then we wanted to honor all of those men and women that gave us the ability to sit here in this stadium. And we want to honor God. We want to honor our nation. If that offended you, just get over it. But we're not changing the way we do this because I hate it that you were offended by the school uniform that the mascot wore. Get over it. It's been the mascot for 150 years. See, someone needs to know that you can change your attitude. Everybody else in the stadium don't have to change their attitude. You have to change yours. Let me, just, let me assure you of this. Changing the mascot of a school will not make your life forever happy. I, I want to go and ask those folks. They're so jerked up. Okay, they got that mascot changed. Now are you just happy as you can be? Is your life just full of joy? You've never had another sad moment now that we got that mascot at that school changed that you didn't even go to? Come on, be happy. In peace, you're going to have to choose the right attitude. This is a runaway train that we're on right now with our attitude. And everybody's going to have to get the steering wheel back in their hands of their own attitude. Stop demanding that everybody else be perfect. Stop demanding that everybody everywhere else do to suit you. Stop demanding that everybody say what you want them to say so that you're not offended and use the words that don't offend you. Stop demanding that you be treated in a perfect way. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but you're not perfect either. You're not perfect. So why do you want to demand that everybody around you be to your liking? Come on, let's just get a good attitude. You just choose a good attitude in the midst of an imperfect world, in the midst of the sin nature of mankind, in the midst of people making wrong decisions. I'll work through that. I'll navigate through that. But I'm telling you this right now, I'm going to have a good attitude. So you can choose your attitude every day. Parents, uh, this is a lost art in today's world. I want all of our parents, teach your child to get happy in the same pants they got mad in. Whoa, whoa, young man, you can just get happy in the same breeches you got mad in. See, nobody knows how to do that anymore. Do you know nobody knows how to, whoa, whoa, get yourself happy. We don't know. This generation does not know that you can get yourself happy. Well, they got to change the way the nation does. We got to change the way we do it. Ball game. We got to change it. I got. To, I can't be happy. 
until I get a new house and a new car and a new car. Get yourself happy and do it right now. We, we've lost the art. Parents, you got to tell. You got to teach your kids. Right there, standing right there, you can get yourself happy. And, and not anything has to change. The world ain't never going to be perfect. The world isn't never going to do to suit you. So you just well get happy in the same pants you got mad in. Someone changed my circumstances. Someone changed the law. Someone changed the way life works to make me happy. Come on, parents, teach your kids, get yourself happy. And that's possible to do. In the Bible, we see ten different attitudes that Scripture teaches us. I want to do five this week and five next week. Number one, the attitude of gratitude. I want you to write this down, Luke 17, 11 through 19. I want you to read this and study this passage this week. Everybody write this down, Luke 17, 11 through 19. Many of you know the story, but 10 lepers came to Jesus, and he healed all 10 of them. Boy, and they, I mean, you can imagine, they all went away. They were jumping and twisting and shouting. They were, yeah, he, 10 lepers were healed, but well, well, one stopped and went back to Jesus. And what did he say? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The happiest people that you will ever know in your life are grateful people. The people that are happiest and happy all the time don't live in a perfect world. People that are happy and they're happy all the time don't work for perfect boss and they don't live in perfect situations. The people that are happy and happy all the time are grateful, thankful, appreciative people. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything give thanks. Not for everything. I'm not thankful for a lot of things. But in everything you give thanks. You find you something to be thankful for, grateful for. You live your day being appreciative to people. Parents, teach your children to be grateful. You cook supper and you want your children to say, Mom, that was delicious, that was great, thank you. That's what you want. Well, they're not, they don't say that. They don't ever say that. Moms, quit looking for your needs to be met by your children and teach them. Whoa, don't get up from this table till you look at me and say, thank you for cooking that supper. That was a good supper. I'm grateful to you. Whoa, 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 whoa. When you get that milk out of that refrigerator, grab that gallon of milk and turn around and say, thank you for buying this. I appreciate you putting this food in this cabinet. I'm grateful to you. Thank you for doing this for me. I'll tell you right now, my kids are so ungrateful. Well, they are because you didn't teach them to be grateful. See, you teach gratefulness. Well, I don't want them to say it if they do. I want them to want to say it. They don't know how to say it. We're selfish people in an imperfect world. You teach a grateful attitude to your children. I'm telling you, we got a bunch of 40-year-olds in this country that are ungrateful wretches. I'm just telling you, think this world owes them something. Think somebody owes them th something. Think our nation owes them something. We don't owe you nothing, big boy. Get grateful. I appreciate our military. I appreciate those that have served me. I appreciate, come on, we've got to be grateful 
people, and the happiest people you're ever going to meet are people that are grateful people. Parents, quit looking for your emotional needs to be met in your children, and you teach them to say thank you. Teach them to be... Whatever happened to holding the piece of candy and saying, what do you say? Some of us had that routine. Not today, give it to me. It's owed me. How dare... Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you say? Oh, thank you. Since it's a, it's a lost art. It's, when, when's the last time you saw a parent do that? Come on, parents, train an attitude of gratefulness. Be grateful for all of us. Make a conscious effort to be grateful. Grateful for your plumber. Grateful for your electrician. Grateful. Here, I paid you to fix my car, but I want you to know I appreciate it. Thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for doing that. When you check out at the grocery store, I, I appreciate you checking me out. Thank you for helping me today. I'm grateful. I appreciate it. Train yourself to be grateful. Number two, the attitude of compassion. Write down Mark 5, 24 through 34. You read about a woman that had been bleeding for 12 years and it says Jesus had compassion on this woman so many places in the Bible we could go to countless places Jesus had compassion Zacchaeus get out of that tree come down here see Jesus had compassion on that guy up in that tree trying to see come on whoa, whoa, don't don't hush those children had compassion on the children and he brought them to whoa, whoa don't don't hush, don't hush that blind guy Bring him over. Had compassion on the blind beggar on the side of the road. Compassion for other people. You'll never be able to have happiness and joy in your life until you have a little compassion for other people. I get it you don't like this. I get it you don't like that. But what about everybody else? Could you have compassion for anybody else except you and what you want and what hurts you and offends you and makes you mad. Come on, let's live life thinking about maybe somebody else instead of just me and what I'm dealing with and what I'm going through and what hurts me and what my, come on. Life isn't all about you. We all got bad deals we're involved in right now. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. You want us to sit down and have a pity party and I'll tell you what all I'm going through? What, 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 what do we want to do about this? Come on, in the midst of this, let's think about somebody else besides you and what you're going through. Your feelings aren't the only feelings on this planet. Have an attitude of compassion. Think about other people. Number three, the attitude of confidence. I love this story in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. Write this down. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 10. There's a military guy, and, and this guy wowed Jesus. When you wow Jesus, that's pretty wow to me. The, the, he, he came to Jesus and said, look, my servant, he's sick, and I need, you know, I need him to be healed. And Jesus said, okay, I'll come with you. And, the, and, the, and this military guy said, no, 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 no. You don't need to. And he said, I know how this works. I know how this works. I'm an, a man under authority. I've got those under me as authority. I know how this works you just say the word and here. See, this man didn't live on his emotions. He didn't live on his feelings. He lived on how he knew things worked. I, whoa, whoa, I know how this works. 
in the middle of this horrible situation, I know how this works. What was meant for my destruction turns out for my good. See, I, well, I already know how this works. Wait a minute, I know how this works. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world right now. I know how this works. See, we got to live with confidence on this is how this thing works. This is how God works. This is how the scriptures work. This is how the word works in our life. I know that and I live on that and this is where we're going to operate. You're going to have to live with some, well, I don't know, I tried, I tried, it just didn't work for me. Come on, I know how this works. I'm living with confidence on my covenant that I'm in with God. I'm living with confidence on Jesus' love for me. I'm living in confidence on greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. You're not ever going to experience the abundant life waiting on your life to be perfect. You decide an attitude of gratefulness. You decide an attitude of compassion. And you decide an attitude of confidence. Number four, an attitude of determination. You already wrote this scripture down. Back to the story, Mark 5, verse 24, 29. We talked about Jesus having compassion on this woman that had been had this blood issue for some 12 years. Let me tell you something about this woman. She's determined. Yeah. I'm going to push through this crowd. And I'm not leaving here till I get a hold of his garment. See, when I tried, I, I tried to go there. Just people was everywhere. Well, you know, I wanted to, but a woman that's in this bleeding situation, she can't even go to town. Well, I I'm so tired of hearing I tried, I don't know what to do. Well, I wanted to. Well, I tried. Well, we'd, come on, have some determination about you. It's a crowd. Push through it. The door's closed. Kick it open. The wall's high. Climb over it. Have some determination about you. And if you don't think I'm going to do this, catch you a seat and watch me because here's what I'm about to do. I'm going to build this, accomplish this, pull this off. Don't tell me I tried. I just couldn't do it. We just, oh, where, where's some determination? Get an attitude of determination. Be determined to live a blessed day. Be determined to have a great day. Be determined to be happy. Let's go right on. Number five, the attitude of perseverance. Luke chapter 18, verse 1 through 5. I love this story. This woman went to this unjust judge, kept just, just I mean, she's like a mosquito boy. She wouldn't go away. And I like the judge. The judge says, look here, I don't fear God. I don't even like people. But take care of this woman. She's wore me out. And Jesus said, that's the way it's got to be. Here's the problem. We got a lot of determined people on the front end. Everybody's determined when they start. We just don't have very many people that can persevere. See, you got to have an attitude of determination, but then you got to have an attitude of perseverance. Perseverance. Hebrews 10, don't shrink back. Philippians 3, forget what's behind. Push forward to what lies ahead. 2 Timothy 2, if we endure to the end. Come on, when trouble comes, boy, we're folding like a cheap tent. I mean, there's a lot of determined people when they start off, but they determined runs out of gas real quick. Come on, you got to persevere. You got to get tough. You got to hang tough. You got to be tough. I, you know, I, I try to write sermons that are use good words, but I, this weenie society is about to wear me out. I just have problems with weenies and wimps. They run together. I'm tell, I want to talk to our young men. 
We don't have no boys in this church. We don't have boys in this church. We've got young men in our church. I want to talk to all of our young men in this church just for a minute. It is a real shame for your girlfriend to be more of a man than you. Now, this is, uh, we're going to have to wait off in this now. You're going to have to get tough. You're going to have to hang tough, and you're going to have to be tough and stop falling apart emotionally. I want our young men to stop this. Um, cry babies? Are you kidding me? Quitting when it gets hard? Quitting when it's hard? It's hard. I'll beat you. They hurt my feelings. Oh, man, I want our church to raise some real men. I'm tired of these weenies out here. I want our church to have some men in it that go to school when they don't like their teacher and go to school when they do like their teacher. They go out on the playground and play when, the, when it's good. They go on the playground whenever they weren't chosen to play on the ball. Come on, men. Come on, young men. Get you some backbone and get tough persevere in your school persevere and then down life's way you'll be able to persevere in your job persevere in your marriage persevere in your church we're gonna have to have some men all of our young men in here you have to grow up and be a man put your big boy panties on and get tough now enough of this is enough we can't continue to produce these little emotional basket cases and parents I hate to break it to you, but oh, my baby. Here, come here, little sweet baby. Enough of this sweet baby, and you stand up, and you act like a young man. Oh, come over here. Let me put a little band-aid on your bobo. It ain't bleeding bad enough to kill you. Let's get this job done. We'll clean it out when the work's over. Come on, we're going to have to get tough. We're going to have to get tough in here. I'm out of time today. Next week, it's going to be worse. <laughs> the Bible teaches us all about attitudes. It teaches us about attitudes. And it teaches us that attitudes are our choice. And for the God kind of life, you're going to have to choose the right attitude. Today, we talked about five attitudes. For those just now waking up, knowing that I'm winding down, you wake up and get ready to leave. We talked about five attitudes. Don't miss next week. We're going to talk about five more. But this week, I want everybody in here, I want you practicing. I want you training yourself. Parents, I want you this week ingraining in your children the attitude of gratefulness. Everywhere you go, thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for doing that. I'm grateful to you. I appreciate that. This week, let's work on being grateful. This week, let's work on being compassionate. Think about somebody else in this world besides you. Think about somebody else's feelings besides your own feelings. Let's walk in some compassion. Number three, let's walk in some confidence. Here's the way this works. Here's the way this thing operates. Come on, let's walk in some confidence. Let's get some determination about us, and then let's follow that determination with perseverance. Y'all stand. we got to address the real issues of this day and time, and this is just where we are. We're going to have to turn this around. I can't do anything else about the rest of the world, but we can do something about this church and where we are. 
we can do something about where we are in our homes and our families and our lives. That's what we can do something about. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by this world and not do what I can do something about. I can do something about our attitudes right here, and we're going to grow up and have a right attitude in the midst of an imperfect world. Father God, today we'll give you thanks, and we're grateful mostly to you. We're grateful to you, Lord. Thank you for this life you've given us. Lord, in the midst of an imperfect world, in the midst of daily having situations that hurt, that disappoint, that wound, that upset us, in the midst of an imperfect world, we walk in peace, we walk in joy, and we love every minute of our life because we have you inside us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a wonderful, for a blessed life that we've been given to live. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to the CMC podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.